0: eftm
1: Take
2: cars lifestyle this is the eftm podcast with travel on
3: eftm
2: g'day g'day thanks for joining me thanks for downloading thank you for subscribing uh subscribing helps because that actually means it ends up in your phone every single week as opposed to when you remember it uh, so yes, uh, thank, you for t- thank you for doing that It's, uh, it's quite helpful um, I can't quite believe that um, As best my record show This is now the 13th uh, episode of the new season I'm calling it Season 3 um, Season 1 was Your Tech Life Season 2 was EFTM uh, The Loose Unit Show <laughs> and, and Season 3 is the, the Mixture Migration As we progress towards a bit of a mix of both uh, So it's wonderful to be back Talking to you every week uh, primarily about technology, uh, and I'm having an absolute blast. And interestingly, I was I was kind of thinking about it this morning as I saw that number. I thought, I've got a lot of emails. I got to a few of them this week. Uh, I think we've got nine or ten calls to get through this week. So uh, we'll get there. Um, but it was funny. Uh, if I recall back, I might have to listen back, but if I recall back to one of the first shows, I was sitting there thinking, I wonder if people will email. I mean, I always got emails, but I just didn't know whether I'd get enough to sustain the show. And now, well, here we are. We're going all right. Uh, Thank you to those that uh, take the time also to leave a review. Um, uh, TJ1956, thank you. Only four stars. That's not very helpful. No, I'm joking. Uh, Very entertaining podcast with a good mix of topics covered, not. All this one subject every time Trevor Style is relaxed and informative. Very nice. you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you to those people below that as I look at the reviews. And it's always good because that helps other people find the show. So we've got a lot to get through, lots of calls on a lot of different topics uh, this week. Uh, and uh, we'll get just, let's just, you know, get bloody well cracking. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Got a tech question? Get in touch. Go to the website EFTM.com. That's what Julie did. G'day, Julie. Hi, Trevor. How are you?
0: Um, well, thank you.
2: You're in uh, Victoria. You're in lockdown.
0: Yes, I am in lockdown. So it's given me plenty of thought about <laughs> updating my TV. Oh. So that's why I thought I'd give you a call.
2: Well, what's, what, what have you got now and, and okay, why, do you, why but, do you want a new one?
0: Well, our TV that we've, previ- that we've got now at the moment is about 15 years old. It's oh. a Pioneer Plasma. It's been the best TV ever. It's still, I really still can't fault it um, at this stage, but we're just thinking about updating and we just want to make sure that we buy the correct one after we've had yeah. such a fabulous run with this one.
2: A 50-inch plasma, 15 years old. You must have invested heavy in that TV back then.
0: Well, I think it was around about 8,000. Yeah, I was going to back-
2: say, that's that's kind of yeah. what I thought.
0: So yeah. first
2: and foremost, tell me about the space. I mean, have you got room for a bigger TV? That's the most important well, first question. We
0: we probably wouldn't go much bigger. If anything, we probably yeah we probably because um, um, our living room is not not a bad size, but we we've been happy with the size we've got. So even if we went to a fifty five inch, that would probably be our maximum. I'm guessing.
2: Wow, I mean that's small by today's standards, right? So the most expensive yeah. fifty five inch TV is $3,295, and that's LG's um, OLED. Okay, Um, all right. Now, that's Uh, that's the 2020 model, um, so it's the very latest technology, the very latest everything. Um, Samsung's uh, QLED, their most expensive model at 55 inches is $2,995. Right. What do you think budget-wise?
0: Well... Um, I, I, look, you know, obviously, yes, you, you like to have a good deal price wise, but it's more on just getting the quality for me, yep. something, um, you know, because we've had such a fantastic run. So I'm just trying to replicate that if I possibly can. You're
2: not going to get 15 um, years out of this TV. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I just don't see okay. it happening. Right. But you yeah, know, this, this TV, uh, especially if you buy you know, one of the big brands, this TV will last you seven years
0: uh, plus. All right. Yep. Uh,
2: obviously it could be longer. Um, yeah you know, five to seven is the window of you know concern um yeah. but it's, it's definitely a five- year tv if not seven right but I, right. I just i say that because i don't think anyone should assume a TV is going to last 15 20 years anymore that's not really mm. that's not planned it's just they pump these things out now right um they, they don't make them like they used to <laughs> so no. say, right? and what
0: about um viewing like with the you know the clear picture and things like that i I'd,
2: look everything you buy today is going to be better than what you've got now
0: Okay. Oh, I, All I genuinely right, it,
2: believe that. I mean, I know you've got a plasma, yeah. which was an amazing technology, but it's fifteen-year-old yeah. plasma, so it's—I don't even think it's full HD. Like, <laughs> no, I,
0: I'm, no.
2: Not, I'm not sure you're going to be uh, be able to maintain yourself when you see the television when you turn it on. What do you watch mainly? What sort of things?
0: Look, yeah, we're mainly um, just on mainstream. We just we don't even have Netflix or anything on the on the TV. So we're still mainly just ABC and SBS. We seem to find enough programs yep. there. Um, well, a little bit, a bit of sport, not not a lot because it's not always on mainstream mm-hmm. TV. So you don't have Fox yeah. style, so you
2: don't have 4K. Yep. no, Look, no. You know, I, I'd love you to buy a you know three thousand dollar TV from LG or Samsung. Those are excellent TVs. <laughs> The Samsung is probably the better-looking TV of the two. It's beautiful yeah. um, in that when I say looking, I mean physically the design um, has yeah. a really thin edge and a really nice little stand. The LG OLED is, without question, the best picture quality you can get,
0: right? All right. Now, yep.
2: I say that, but then I I, I preface it or I, I post-fix that with, <laughs> with the fact that you've got a 15-year-old TV. I would argue that if you buy the best High sense TV. So the most mm-hmm. expensive 55 inch High sense TV is $1,700. Oh, it's beautiful.
0: Okay, so that would probably be sufficient to what I need.
2: And it also will last you five to seven years. I mean, I'm, talk, I'm talking, so when I say five to seven years, just for the record, I mean that if you ring me back in five years and say it's, it's broken, I say. Go, we're going to get Australian consumer law. It should be fixed. It should still work. That's okay. the way I look at it. Right? All Six right. seven years, depending on what went wrong with it. But a high sense yeah. Q8 TV, um, oh, high sense Q8 should be around seventeen hundred dollars. Drive a hard bargain. Do your best. Um, yep. That's going to that's going to give you Netflix. It's going to give you Stan. So you're going to actually have access to those things for the first time, which I think will broaden your horizons a little. You got internet yeah, at home. Yeah.
0: Oh yes and we've we've had access to Netflix on my iPad. Yep. Yeah.
2: So and when you yeah. see when you see so you watch the ABC you watch SBS in yes. even in full full high definition it's going to look good. But when you watch your first movie on Netflix in 4K on this TV you're going to ring me back, and you're going to go, "Wow, that was amazing," <laughs> and and I do worry oh. that you're going to go. I wish we bought a bigger TV, but that's.
0: Oh, I just can't imagine getting rid of the one. We've just hung on to it because we haven't had any faults with it whatsoever, yeah. and you just can't imagine sending it off to landfill when it's perfectly fine. And, and the, all but, the other thing yeah. here
2: is right. You know, you don't need a new TV. You could just buy a little Apple TV box, for example, for 200 bucks, and give yourself access to the world of Netflix and Stan on that on that TV.
0: But I, I don't think we can plug any – because it's so old, I don't, there's nowhere um, – There's no can, HDMI. Uh, no, no.
2: You know, there's ways around that. You go to Car Electronics, you can get inputs uh, that, that will convert a HDMI to the little RCA plugs that are in the back of your TV. Oh, but, okay. But all that said, you, you're going to – be blown away by what a television looks like today.
0: You really yes, are. yeah. I Look, I'm sure. Well, and that was the thing. Like, is there um, a man cave uh,
2: in the uh, house or another room where we can put that <laughs> beautiful plasma? No, no, okay.
0: no. But the thing is, when we go into, you know, have a look, you can imagine it's just like a minefield to us because we haven't even mm. looked at any TVs in such a long time. Yeah. So when you just see a whole row of tellies you just don't know where to start so that's why i was you know looking forward to getting your input and your expertise in that I'm area i'm going to give you so one
2: more i'm going to give you one more because it's a very okay. yeah, this one's a fascinating one for me so it's around the same price as the high end. it's the samsung yep. serif it's 55 inches but it's it's actually it's it's a beautiful design it's it's made to sit and be a like an object in your lounge room as well it's got like a mantle on top it's it's a beautiful new looking tv it doesn't look like any other television on the market the Serif. And
0: what was that again? The Ferris? Samsung Serif,
2: S-E-R-I-F. Okay, um, all right. Yep. It's just something different to look at when you go in there. So, you know, all right. give that some consideration, and, yeah.
0: And with purchasing a new TV, would you still um, purchase a soundbar as well?
2: Well, I was going to say to you, if, if you're only spending $1,700 on a TV, I would ask you to consider a soundbar um, yep. because, again, you'll be blown away by what it sounds like. You'll be blown yeah. away by the overall experience. <laughs> um, that yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just mind blowing. So if you can stretch your budget to say two, two two and a half grand, you get a TV and a soundbar. It's going to be okay. an amazing setup that you will enjoy your entertainment for a very very long time to come. And by the way, um, ring your local council and ask them about their e waste program. There's no oh, way yes. that there's no way that TV goes into landfill. That TV gets recycled. Um, yeah. So that everyone should dispose of their TVs. Probably the TV industry funds the recycling program. Um, okay. So, yes, do not even consider oh, thinking that that's going to go on a landfill. Yeah. It will be recycled.
0: I thought it might have been a collector's item for someone. <laughs>
2: yeah, look, there, there are plasma lovers out. You know what? Go onto eBay or Facebook Marketplace yeah. and, and just sell it for 100 bucks as a working or 50 bucks. Who cares? Oh, look, working, we would
0: ha- be happy to give it away.
2: Well, yeah, yeah but you might get 50 bucks. There are people that love plasma so much, they might want mm. that TV.
0: Yeah, okay. And um, and the other one, if we went the other end of the scale, yep. the original one you LG, said was the LG.
2: LG OLED,
0: O-L-E-D, oh, yes.
2: and yeah. Samsung QLED. They're the two right. best, most expensive TVs. Personally, if it was me... I'd go the mm-hmm. LG over the Samsung, but only right. at, a, at a pinch on the picture quality.
0: Okay. All right. Great. Happy shopping. All right. Thank you so much, Trevor. Thank you no very much. Uh, all no right.
2: worries at all. If you've got a question like Julie, just go to the website, eftm.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast.
4: EFTM Podcast.
2: Got a tech question? Uh, hit me up. Go to the website, eftm.com. That's what Michael did. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. How are you going? Good, buddy. What can I do for you?
3: I'm just wondering whether you could recommend um, an MBN plan that's um, sort of pretty good speed. And that I'm currently on a Telstra plan, but I'm paying 130 bucks for it, not really getting the value. I think Hang it's on, pretty whoa, slow.
2: Whoa, whoa! You're paying 130 bucks for yep. which speed tier? Do you know? Um, it's the hundred. On the hundred, and how much yep. data do you get every month? Unlimited. Unlimited, okay. unlimited data, but okay. it's
3: just so slow and sluggish. It's, and we only run about five devices all up.
2: Which uh, – do you know which NBN technology you have? Is it uh, fibre to the node? HFC Probably. or okay. HCF or something? HFC, yeah, that's it. So I I have HFC at both my home and my office. Um, I run yep. the 100 plan as well, and I most consistently get speeds of 93 to 94. That's that's what I would expect on a given is that with daytime. Is that with Telstra? No.
4: Now, uh-huh.
2: Telstra's average nighttime speeds are not bad. You should not be getting bad speeds – Um, so that, that worries me, um, because my problem is I can recommend a bunch of places to you, but if, if the problem is actually in your home, then nothing's going to change if you change telcos. So the first thing I need you to do really before you make a change is get a computer with an ethernet cable and plug it into the modem. So you're not using Wi-Fi. you're plugged into the modem and then do a speed test. Okay. Okay. Speedtest.net. Do a speed test a few times using Telstra as the server and see what your average is. Do it during the day and then again at night. But broadly, you do it during the day just to find out what the speed of your connection is. Yep. If you're not getting high 80s um, on the download, that's that's when you go, hang on, this is rubbish. So then I'd switch telcos. (laughs) Um, So every telco is different in every area. So, for example, in my area, my telco might be great, but in the next suburb, essentially or the next group of suburbs by NBN, they might not have as much capacity as this suburb. And and if they have less capacity and more users, it gets congested. Now yep. the the own and people will roll their eyes, because I'm just going to recommend Aussie Broadband to you because that's all I've ever recommended to people. And I've never had someone disappointed. Because Aussie Broadband, they're a great company, little company, you know, Australian support desk very, yep. um, very uh, good at responding. They've got a build-your-own plan set up. But most importantly, they publish on their website the capacity of the their their link at your area. So you can see if they're near capacity. In fact, they won't sign up new customers if they're near capacity. So I have well, great okay. respect for them in that sense. So, for example, um, their most popular 100-speed um, um, plan is 99 bucks a month. Their rated typical evening speed is eighty-six, which is pretty standard across most of the telcos. That's based on the A Triple C. But as I said, I get ninety pretty much every night, no dramas at all. Um, you can add on Fetch if you want, or you can do a build your own plan where you go up to say the one hundred slash forty plan, which has better uh, upload speeds, and that's one hundred and nine dollars. Mate, mm-hmm. I pay. What did you say you are paying? One hundred and thirty. I am paying one hundred and twenty-nine, and I get speeds of two fifty. By
3: 25
2: oh wow yeah so that's, that's more than double yeah so mate do a quick speed test at home make sure it's 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 uh not bad because yeah. if the speed at, from telstra at the modem is you know 80 or 90 then it's actually your wi-fi that's slow now the reason for that can be many things and it, it, you know here you've only got five devices can you name what they are uh
3: three iphones uh, MacBook and an HP laptop.
2: And what's the oldest iPhone? Uh, iPhone 8. Okay, how old is the MacBook? MacBook's a year old. And the HP? It's a MacBook Pro. HP's a year old. Mate, then then it's not the devices. So if you said to me, we have got an iPhone 5 on the network, the iPhone 5 will be slowing down the iPhone 10, for example. Uh, on yep. an old Wi Fi network, like a standard modem, the oldest device is the speed at which the whole network operates. That's not the case with you. So okay. I feel like it's not the Wi-Fi, but you need to do a test just to be sure. And then, mate, just pick up the phone, ring Aussie Broadband. They'll have you switched yep. over within half an hour.
3: Oh, fantastic, mate. I really appreciate your help All and right, uh, keep up the great work.
2: No worries, mate. Thanks for getting in touch.
3: Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: And if you got a question uh, like Michael does, just go to the website, eftm.com. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM
4: Podcast. EFTM.
2: Thank you for listening. If you've got a question about technology, get in touch, cars, lifestyle, whatever it is that's happening in your world, love to chat about it. Uh, let's keep going with calls. G'day, Adrian.
5: G'day, uh, Trevor. How are you going? Yeah,
2: real good. What can I do for you, mate?
5: Yeah, look, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm in the market for uh, uh, a smartwatch, and I've looked at a few different types of ones, and I can see some, like, for instance, on a um, on a Dick Smith website, I can get an Australian model with the manufacturer's warranty and all the rest of it for a certain price. But then you also on like on that site and on others you see like marketplace type of things where you get international like imported goods. They're new, yeah. um, but you know obviously not uh, Aussie stock. They say they come with a warranty, and I'm just wondering. And I mean, they're a couple of hundred dollars cheaper, yeah. and I suppose I'm just trying to figure out. You know, is there dangers with going with the imported stuff uh, other than warranty reasons? I suppose. Um, yeah, is there any other reasons why you should either steer clear of them, or are they a good deal?
2: So I have a pretty strong position on grey imports. I'm not a fan, um, right. mainly because I like the idea of being able to walk into a shop and say, "Mate, it's not working. Take it back. Um, yep. That's your right as a consumer to get it fixed by the by the retailer that sold it to you, not the manufacturer. You buy fi- yeah. you buy a Samsung phone from JB Hi-Fi, and it's broken in a year and a half. You walk into JB Hi-Fi and say it's not working. It's your problem to fix under Australian consumer law. Yeah. Now, Kogan slightly different because that's an Aussie company, and Ruslan Kogan is very strong on supporting international, uh, sorry, Australian uh, consumer rights. So yeah. you buy direct from Kogan if it's a grey import, um, oh, you know, you should have some better success because. Than, than a marketplace or an eBay or something like that because, yeah, 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 yeah. because that they are there to support Australian consumer law. Now, Kogan's yeah. not renowned for their customer support, but I've never had a problem referring. If you had a drama, I would represent on your behalf. Now, oh. the marketplace stuff worries me to hell. You know, yeah. whether it's Amazon Marketplace, Catch Marketplace, or Kogan Marketplace, those marketplaces are there to clip the ticket, right? So Catch, Kogan, Amazon, they all clip the ticket on the purchase that comes through because it's kind of like saying you can set up a shop in Westfield, but you need to give us a percentage of the profits. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. That's that's all they're doing. There's absolutely no way of guaranteeing that retailer is going to support an extended warranty, let alone Australian consumer law. There's absolutely no guarantee that any grey import is going to work in Australia.
4: Now, for many,
2: many products now, the international version is is Australian as well. So for phones, for example, you have issues with the frequencies they operate. Most of them won't have a problem, but there'll just be that time where you go to the fringes of the city or the rural areas and they're operating in a different frequency because even Optus, Vodafone and Telstra operate different frequencies in different areas of Australia. So it might work one day and in another town it won't work. Those are my concerns around buying technology or or, uh, mobile technology overseas. A smartwatch, if it's not with an eSIM...
5: No, no, just a blue, just a Bluetooth one. It's a Samsung Galaxy Watch Bluetooth. That just so I can get alerts and other bits and pieces on there, and yeah. So, and actually now that you, you're talking about the uh, the marketplace, and I'm, I'm just trying to think now because I know I have seen some of these marketplaces linked to the Dick Smith site, but then. This, I do remember this particular one saying that it has a Dick Smith warranty. So would that suggest then that it's through Dick Smith or Kogan, or yeah, not? And I,
2: I think it would. So Kogan normally label things as you know an international buy or something. Yes, they've got a they've got a, they've got a label that's not grey import. Yep. Um, look, I think on a smartwatch that's not LTE connected. That, that I'm going to say it's, it might be worth rolling the dice, but it's your call. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yep, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, mate, if you're saving 200 bucks, that's a lot of money. So, Well,
5: let's, yeah, that's just it. Yeah. It's like yeah. 40% okay. of the price. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Could be oh, worth it,
2: mate. Let me know how you end up. Yeah, most definitely will do. Much appreciated, Trevor. Good on you, buddy. anytime good on you. and uh, And you, mate. If you've got a question, like Adrian does, just like he did, just keep pestering me. It's cool. I'm good with it. <laughs> you can just keep emailing. Uh, I can't get to everyone every week, but I'll do my darndest uh, each and every Tuesday morning as I record. Thank you for listening. Uh, hit me up on the email. Go to the website, eftm.com. G'day, Corey. G'day, Trevor. How are you going? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Oh, Trevor, I just got uh, a bit of an issue and looking for some advice
6: about how to deal with photos. Historically, I've been a Microsoft user mm. uh, on Windows and then have recently transferred over to Apple product using a Mac and yep. have iPhones where I capture all the photos. Yep. As a family, we do that. And I found that getting the photos to the hard drive in the in the mac is uh, quite difficult yeah. and looking for suggestions on how best to handle
2: that so you're doing it on a mac yes so you want to get the physical photos on a mac computer
6: well from the mac mm. then onto a hard drive where i store of course. The photos so
2: you you want you want that tangible physical backup so that you can take the hard drive to the outlaws place and say hold on to this it's all our family memories and you know if anything happens to your house and your and your data you're all in big drama right
6: that's correct, yes. And at the moment, I'll use uh, – uh, when you plug the iPhone into the yep. Mac, yep. The, uh, the, the photos program comes up and I find having to import the projects, uh, I'm clearly doing something wrong.
2: So you, you're not. <clears throat> the Mac, it's actually – it's almost easier on a Windows computer than it is on a Mac because what the Mac wants to do is have its photo library, um, which is the Photos app, it wants that to be the be all and end all, which it is, because you've got all your photos in there. If you just set it up to import everything every time you plug it in, great stuff—they're all there. But the issue for you is then getting it on a hard drive. You've essentially got to then export as well. Correct. Right. So, you know, the Mac environment isn't just isn't made for, for, for that setup. They're not they're not a big fan of it. Um, I'm trying to think what I would do as an alternative, um, because they often. Like I've never, I've never actually done it. It's always a pain in the bum to get photos off an iPhone. Um, you know, I, I normally just airdrop individual photos on, because I do rely on the cloud, and you know, I'm a cloud freak. So, you know, I've got, I've got a big fan of that. There are applications you can get uh, at your own risk, essentially. Um, you know, but they're downloadable. You know, Photo Tune. I, there's a couple of different ones out there that will, um, you know, grab the photos off your, off your camera. Um, i got to say, though, off the top of my head, I don't know the best way to do it. And I think I'm going to need to take it on notice and think about it because if you – do you want to avoid using photos entirely or are you happy to be them to be in the photos app and then you just want to get them out?
6: I just want to get them out and store it off the phones, mm-hmm. uh, clock up the space on the phone so I just want them off the phone. Uh, I have played in the Google Photos world a little bit yeah. um, but I've got – you know, 15 years of photos that I'd like to uh, keep onto the hard drive uh, and fear that the transference over to Google uh, photos for those years' worth of photos is going to be a arduous process.
2: Well, have you got MBN? Yes. You'd be surprised. You would be surprised how quickly it happens, uh, especially if they already on. Where, where, are the, where are the photos now, the 15 years' worth? Are they on a hard drive?
6: Yes, they are.
2: Mate, I did it. I don't know how. I don't know if if it tells you how many photos you've got on Google Photos, but um, you know I've got every photo. Um, We don't have any other storage now. I don't even have have a NAS backup. I mean, there's a few of them on different computers and things, but um, I've got 1.3 terabytes of photos in the Google Cloud. Okay. Um, And and the advantage is just outrageous that I can just search for the word wedding. And and it just shows me photos what it thinks are at a wedding. I can search for a date. I mean, there's just so many advantages to the cloud um, when it comes to organising your photos. Mm-hmm. Um, even even if even if you just went look the, the the modern you know all the photos that are on our phones, we're, we're going to put those in the cloud. And the other thing here's here's the best thing, because the photos are in the cloud. I think it might be easier to get them off the cloud than it is to get the photos photos out of photos onto a hard drive like if you did a once a month or every six month download of your google drive Mm -hmm. you would you would have that physical backup of those photos Mm
6: -hmm. at the moment the google photos and the cloud storage sounds very appealing what's the is there any fear projecting our minds forward five ten years of Uh, an issue with Google and that cloud. Is there, do you have those concerns?
2: No, I don't. And and the reason I don't is because it's just of the sheer scale of Google. So there's a lot of really cool cloud storage solutions out there, box and Dropbox and all these things. And I've got a lot of data in Dropbox, but let me tell you this, if Dropbox disappeared tomorrow, I'd, I'd be able to handle it. If, Google disappeared tomorrow, most of the world would collapse because you've got basically corporations now using Google Drive, Google Photos, Google Mail as their primary services. So <clears throat> there's a fundamental need, underpinning Google's business is the need to provide this service. So, <laughs> man, I'm paying, I think, 24 bucks a month for my two terabytes of storage. I'm not on a free plan because if on a free plan, I don't have that faith. But because I'm spending 25 bucks a month maintaining my photo library as well as you know, having access to Gmail and stuff like that, um, you know I have great faith. I really do. And remember also, <clears throat> there are systems and services to download these things. So if there was a – I mean, Google's not going to disappear tomorrow. If they suddenly inflated their prices or there was some security risk around it, you can use migration tools to migrate from one cloud to another. I did a backup of my Google Drive. To Dropbox via the cloud. So I didn't have to download it all and then re upload it all. It happened in the cloud. It took about three days, but it's done. I've got a backup. <laughs> so, and could you
6: back it up on a hard drive as well? Yeah. As a, I can a, just add an element of security.
2: Yeah, <laughs> correct. I can download okay. it. So I'm just going to look into my. So I use photos more than I use <clears throat> Google Drive in a sense. But in my Google Drive uh, is essentially all the photo folders that I can then download as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, there's a folder called Google Photos in my Google drive. Um, and that's, that's where all my photos are and that's, they're the ones I download. Um, but basically doing a hard drive backup of your Google Photos, um, is probably going to be ir- irregularly, not daily, not weekly, not monthly, but just once or twice a year is probably easier than the basic solution there's probably someone listening right now who will email me and tell me the simple solution to what you really want to do which is plug your phone your iphone into a mac get the photos stored on the mac in in the photos app and then export them all from photos into a hard drive if you've got that answer let me know i don't have the answer because i don't do it okay all
6: right mate That's a fantastic help appreciate it
2: no worries mate anytime just uh, get back in touch cheers mate and if you've got a question and if you can solve that problem for us too um let me know. I've just never done it. Um, because I am so cloud based, um, the, yeah, I just, I just never done what he's asking to do. Um, but the, you know, everything I read says that I can download my Google photos from Google drive. And I think that's, you know, a really essentially smart way of, of maintaining. So, uh, uh, interesting though, now now I look at the Google Drive. It says this folder no longer syncs with Google Photos, so they are stored separately, um, and I'm going to need to also research how I do a, a download of uh, of my um, of my Google Photos. But um, yeah, I, I have that faith. You know, I think that um, uh, Corey's problem related to his faith in the cloud and. I don't think it's blind faith that I have in, in Google Photos, but I think that um, I think there's a general faith that Google ain't going anywhere. There's obviously a risk that prices go up, and that happens a bit. Um, you know, I, was, I had a situation where my my Arlo subscription changed and <clears throat> or ran out, and I went to renew it, and it was it was more expensive than it was last time. And so it's like, hang on a minute, do I need 15 cameras at home? No. So uh, I've only got like five of them on the on the subscription now. You, you just make those decisions as you go. We are at the mercy of a subscription world now, so that is a bit of a challenge. But love to hear what you do with your photos, and we can chat about it and help other people out on the next show. Thanks for uh, listening. Get uh, get in touch. Go to the website eftm.com. Got a tech question, get in touch, go to the website eftm.com. G'day, Heinz. G'day, Trevor. How you doing, buddy? Good, thanks. What can I do you for? Well, I um,
1: I had a problem with our LG TV that um, broke down. Oh, no. What 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 happened? Well, it started going blurry. It, it was um, clear, blurry, clear, blurry, clear, blurry.
2: Really? Like it was going out of focus kind of thing?
1: That's it. Yeah, exactly. So um, I... Um, I took it down to a local repairer who assessed it and they um, they found, I can't remember what the name of the product, the, the part was, mm. but they um, they contacted LG to um, see if they could get the part to repair it.
2: Yeah.
1: And LG just said, um, no, it's no, no, no longer available. They don't make it. And the TV was only three years old.
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah. So hang on. You took yeah. it. Did you take it off your own bat to this repairer, or um, did LG point you there after customer support?
1: No, I, I took it off my own bat to because um, I thought three years. You know, it's probably too long for them to do anything anyway. Yeah. So um, I did that, and you know, that's that's what happened. So yeah. then I contacted. Then I don't know whether I mentioned it in my email, but then I contacted um, LG directly. Mm. Um, that was about two weeks ago. Yeah. And um, they came back to me within 48 hours and said they were going to replace it. Brilliant. Brand new TV.
2: Now, this is a story of Australian consumer law, essentially, because I'm assuming you didn't have an extended warranty or any of those bloody things, did
1: you? No, no, none of those things. Which, because uh,
2: Which, as I've said a million times, you don't need... Um, exactly. I've are, heard you say that you are covered by Australian consumer law, and you're proof positive of that. And it's interesting because you didn't even call LG in the first place. You were you were essentially willing to stump up and get it get it fixed yourself. Um,
1: well, if it were yeah, if it was a reasonable amount, I would have. You know, probably up to five or six hundred bucks, I would have been a bit dirty, but I would yeah. have done it. You
2: know. So you rang yeah. him after you took the TV back home from the repairer because he couldn't do anything, and and or does he still have the TV? Where's the old one?
1: Yeah, the repairer just kept the old one.
2: Yeah, right. Um, and um, LD don't want it back, do they, or anything?
1: They do. They they took it back. Um, the good news is um, they came up with the goods yesterday and installed it.
2: The, as in, they put, took it out of the box and sorted it all out for you, and everything.
1: Yeah, the um, the repairer they sent it to the repairer. Yeah. The repairer brought it over here and installed it.
2: Oh, beautiful, mate! You've had a you've had a big <laughs> win. And and <laughs> uh, is it noticeable difference? Three years is not a long time in TV, but you know there's evolutions every year. Do you because the LG operating system is uh, is slightly evolved, but it's similar to use. Have you noticed any difference in the two TVs?
1: Um, early days because I've only had it. Twenty four minutes. Yeah, but it's similar. But it's you know it's a bigger TV because ours was a sixty. This is a no, 65.
2: I don't have 60s anymore.
1: <laughs> no, that's
2: right. You've absolutely <laughs> jagged it, Hines. I have. I have, yeah. Oh, well, um, mate, that's a – you know what? It's a great story, uh, A, of customer support um, because LG didn't dilly-dally. Oh, you didn't need to no. ring me and get me to intervene. They just, off their own bat, did the right thing. Um, that's right. It's a great story. Who's? The, do you know the name of the repairer or the business? Because that's a great thing for them to actually be involved in that process as well. They could have just said, anyway, good luck, mate. See you later because yeah yeah like you know there's nothing there's nothing involved for them but they've set it up for you and everything so
1: that's right yeah uh, it's it's a company called PK electronics okay whereabouts are you at um we're at um in queensland um at limba which is north of Caboolture.
2: okay yeah pk yeah. electronics sales and service Caboolture. I, see, I found them on the interwebs what yeah. legends what bloody legends was, yeah Good stuff, guys. Oh. Well, that's a good story, mate. I um, it, it, look, I don't want to um, I don't want to say I don't like helping people out with their problems, but it's also nice just to hear problems getting resolved as they properly should be through just good darn customer service, mate.
1: That's exactly right, and you know, to to their credit, they didn't deli, as I said, they didn't dally around with it. They came with a came up with a um a conclusion straight away, mm. and it just took a cup. It took a week and a half to. Uh, do all the final bits, you know, but that was okay.
2: But also, um, you know, no questions asked essentially. So, um, you know what? I bet you any money, your next TV, regardless of anything, will be an LG. (laughs) Because don't you reckon it'll just create brand loyalty for you?
1: Exactly. Of course it will. That's exactly right, mate. Yeah. Is
2: that that the missus in the background chiming in or what?
1: (laughs) Yeah. she's She's... She's making sure I say all the right things.
2: <laughs> What's her name? Aaron. Good on you, Aaron. Well, Aaron, uh, get Netflix uh, turned logged in, get Stan logged in, get Disney Plus logged in and dominate the remote control. Heinz can have his time and you get yours. Thanks,
7: <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> all
2: right, good on yeah. you guys. Thanks for getting in touch and a great story.
1: Yeah, no, and thanks for ringing back. I appreciate that. My
2: pleasure, mate. That's a good story and it's great to share.
1: Yeah, I've been listening to you for um, for years now.
2: Well, you're a it's good man. Great. I appreciate your loyalty, buddy. Cheers.
1: And, and Steve, Stephen, uh, I've to.
2: Don't give him any, any kudos. <laughs> He's not here now, so he doesn't deserve any, any plaudits or kudos. Nothing. All right. I'll bag him uh, heavily when we get together later in the week. All right, mate. <laughs> all right, Heinz. Good on you, mate. Thanks, thanks for getting in touch.
1: Appreciate for ring.
2: Cheers. No worries. And uh, if you've got a question, or well, you just want to talk about something like that's a great story. And, and I just want to. Prove that it doesn't have to be you got a problem, call me. It can just be uh, you want to talk about something. You just bought or an experience you had. So good on, Hines, and uh, and uh, good on LG. Well done to LG for that customer service. Anything technology, anything going on in your world, happy to chat about it. Just go to the website, eftm.com. day, Toby.
3: Uh, day, Toby. How are you going?
2: Good, mate. What can I do for you?
3: Look, Looking at getting a new TV, a 75-inch Kogan, now, I'm just wondering about the size being so big, how it is for just the normal TV not being HD, Um, because we have bought um, a a larger one, a 55-inch, a couple of years ago, and no good on normal TV, HD, perfect but just wondering for the price of what it's
2: like. So it's an interesting point you make about the Kogan TV. I had this experience with a – like it was a Dick Smith. It's a cheap Kogan. It was a 40-inch 4K TV. It was like 200 bucks. It was crazy. Um, And it looked beautiful when we were watching 4K content. But whenever you watch something else, um, it wasn't great. Like it wasn't awful, but it was just you could tell the difference, right? And the reason for that is, uh, you know, a standard definition picture comes in, at you know, a few hundred pixels, and it's got to be expanded – to a couple of thousand pixels and a, a $5000 TV knows how to do that real well and it makes it you know really look pretty darn good for for what you're getting but yep. a cheap TV just goes I'll do my best and and just <laughs> stretches it um, so that's where I find the biggest quality issue with an Aldi uh, a Kogan or any uh, cheap TV is when you're not watching the native resolution so right. if you like if you had Foxtel 4K and watched Netflix 4K and and had a Xbox, like all these things plugged in, that TV, that 75, 65, whatever-inch Kogan TV, is going to look the shizzle. It's going to look great. But when you watch a lot of standard definition or maybe a high definition but free-to-air, that's, you might get a compromise there. But there is also the balance of, holy crap, it's a great price. Well, th-
3: that's the thing. I think they're 1300 $1,400 at the moment. Mm-hmm. For that price, the next one up, just say at Harvey Norman this is probably eighteen hundred. Yeah. It's very cheap, and but yeah. yeah. so what's the the rest of the quality like? Then, Well, see, that,
2: it's it's probably I don't know about the twelve hundred dollars one. I know the two grand one is like an Android TV. Um, no, they're both Android TVs. The Kogan seventy five So you've got all the apps you want. Um, so yeah. I'll give and I'll give you another example. So I've got a Hisense eighty five inch TV at home, right? Yeah. I can't believe the day my wife let me get that. Right, so. <laughs> And, and I love it to bits. But I can tell you the one thing it doesn't do well is blacks. And I only noticed it. And I've only seen it once. And I've only noticed it once. But I was watching Greyhound, the Tom Hanks movie on Apple TV. And I turn all the lights off in the house and I'm watching this TV. It was a great movie. And then when the credits rolled, they had this thing where imagine a black screen and then imagine a negative of a photo flicks on the screen and then another one flicks on the screen over there. The TV would go from grey to black, from grey to black, and it just couldn't handle it that well. Right. Mate, I'd still buy the TV in a heartbeat, but that's yep. where I noticed the difference between that and an OLED, for example. Now, whether or not it's going to be that, you know, on, an, on a more extreme level. Um, is sport going to look as good because it's fast motion, but, you know, are you watching it on Foxtel 4K or are you watching it on free-to-air? You're probably not going to notice anyway. Um, yep. oh, look, it's a massive challenge, but I've got a bigger, much, much bigger issue for you, mate. Right. You're in Scarborough, yeah? Well, yeah, yep. They don't deliver to Perth.
3: Uh, well, it does on their website. <laughs>
2: Well, mate, every time I've looked, and when I, I just went to the checkout and tried to change the postcode to Scarborough to 6019, and it just says some items in your cart cannot be delivered.
3: Ah, uh, right. Well, because I noticed that the, the Q led one cannot be, right. but the smart TV can be.
2: Well, mate, if, if there's some that are, some that aren't, then beautiful. I just That's a word of warning before you get too far yeah. down the road, that's yeah.
3: all. Yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah. Well, we're still looking into it, as I said, but um, they did say they could, but, yeah, that'd be something we'd have to and look at.
2: Is, that's not Kogan being discriminatory, by the way. That is just the, the – it's actually – um, occupational health and safety rules. Um, because of the requirement to have like two delivery drivers for every item and all these kind of things, it's just much bloody harder to do it in in the furthest places. Which is why uh, their biggest products are only deliverable to kind of Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. So it'll expand and, and, and probably is expanding into Perth, but I just haven't had an update for a while on on where it's at with Perth. But Perth. But last time I spoke to someone, um, it couldn't be. But I'm I, you know right. I've just I've just refreshed my cart. And it is allowing me to add it to the cart now. So no, no. See, sorry is not available yeah, right. to your address. Every time I try and put the smart HDR one, which is the kind of two up, I'm going to try the $1,399 one for you. The 13, it, you know what? It's not, the $1,300 it's not one just, sorry. does deliver. Yep. The $2,000 one doesn't. So ah, there you right. go. Happy days. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, so I was going to say it's not just uh, the suburb, it's the state. Um, it's
2: it's it's the city. So some stuff will go yeah. into Perth and yep. some t- some stuff, like a lot of stuff, simply will not go into Western Australia. Some stuff will yep. go into Perth. So it's really just about like, you know, you're not going to get a lot of stuff in Bunbury because they don't have a lot of two-person delivery trucks there.
3: Yeah, yeah, um, yep.
2: So it looks like you're in luck with the 1399 75-inch.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: The only thing is, I just want to, for, for my own peace of mind and edification, I'm just going to, I just want to go to JB's, right? So, 13, you're looking at $1,400, is it plus postage, by the way? Well, uh, plus,
3: last week it wasn't, it was free, it was $1,300 to the end of July, yeah. and now they're backing on $100 for postage.
2: Yeah, I, I, mate, it just keeps changing back to my postcode here, but anyway, it's it's 100 bucks for delivery, right? And it'll come yeah. and go because they'll do deals all the time, but... Let's call it fifteen hundred, right? Fifteen hundred. Yep. There's a seventy-five inch TCL TV at JB Hi-Fi for eighteen hundred bucks.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Three hundred dollars.
3: Yeah, and I saw the same one in Harvey Norman yesterday, same price.
2: Let me let me be completely frank. I love Kogan, but yep. I'd spend the extra three hundred on the TCL every day of the week.
3: Yeah, and at least you know it's there. You got it.
2: It's <laughs> the, yeah. You just got, you got it. You're probably going to have to pay for delivery there as well, but because you ain't getting that in the, in the ute. Um, it's big TV, mate. They're very big, big TVs. But by, you know, there's yeah. a high sense 75 inch at, at nine at 1900. $9, so, you know, I know you we're we're buying your budget here day by day. But <clears throat> even if you waited four weeks to save that money, those might come down in price. So. Yeah, I, yeah. The, the reason I'm cautious and the reason I'm not being overwhelmingly positive here is because 75 inches is enormous and that's where you're going to start to notice imperfections if it doesn't perform as it, as it could and should. So I'd prefer you had a high or a TCL at 75 inches than a Kogan at this point.
3: Right, okay. No, that probably answers my question then. Yeah, All exactly right, that.
2: Happy shopping, whatever you do. <laughs> Let me know what you end up with, mate.
3: Okay, thanks a lot for that.
2: Good on you, Toby. And if you've got a question or need buying advice, I'm happy to be your secret shopper, eftm.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast.
8: EFTM Podcast.
2: I get a lot of emails. I try and help as many people as I can, try and get as many people on the show as I can. Sometimes it's just easier to get people external help. And uh, I I want to introduce you to a a listener who got in touch uh, with a problem – uh with these optus internet connection and that's michael g'day michael
7: g'day, Trevor. How
2: are you? mate really well you emailed me and i looked at it immediately and went look i could get you on the show and we could talk about it um but it's very unique very individual situation that you had and i knew that it really was more of a question of is this an optus problem something to problem with your modem just in simple terms what was the problem you were experiencing
7: Well, it's just that I used to have intermittent dropouts on the internet connectivity. I always connected the PC up via Ethernet cables to the back of the modem. It would work one day and next day I'd turn the computer on. I'd have to unplug the Ethernet cable from one port, plug it into the other one.
2: What a pain. So so this is the thing. I looked at them and it's not Wi-Fi. It's not like we're going to have a chat here about upgrading your Wi-Fi network. It clearly felt like... Uh, a problem, but you had been in touch with Optus and didn't have any any great luck. But I forwarded it to uh, my man Patrick, and I say my man Patrick because essentially, at every company, there's someone I know, <laughs> and and what I do is I cling to them very closely. And I go, uh, I I don't try, I don't go through normal channels. Sometimes I just send it on. Now Patrick is awesome. He he's been great at helping a lot of people over the years for me. He got in touch with you. How did it How did it end up? What happened?
7: uh, uh- Excellent. I mean, it was just so helpful, so friendly and whatever, and he created the case internally from Optus rather than doing it from the outside. I gave him my account details and whatever, and by the end of the day, I had uh, somebody from Optus, uh, uh, Daniel by the name... uh, uh, who rang me up and went through a little bit of uh, simple uh, fault finding type things and he said, well, you obviously understand what you're doing so there's no need to go any further with you know, turning it off, resetting and it whatever. Is, it's
2: one of those things isn't it when you're talking to tech support, you should you should try being me I have to, and I am I can be terrible my phone manner is terrible, I can be very rude in, in life, right? I'm not talking about just to, to, to customer support so yeah. often when I'm making those tech support calls I'm like, okay Trev, just relax, they don't know that you have any knowledge here so you don't need to be rude you just need to go through it and then they they do realize pretty quickly don't they that you know what you do you understand what ethernet and wi-fi and these things are so maybe i can throw away the book here and we can we can just get to the point
7: which is basically what daniel did and he uh said look i'll organize to get you a new modem uh and i had it within uh, within two days of him organizing it uh which was great and then I uh, plugged the new modem in, waited for, you know, turned off the NBN NTD device as well yep. as the modem, waited 20, 25 minutes, and lo and behold, there I was.
2: And you've had it, <laughs> and how, it how long have you had it for now? uh did it last friday
7: today's tuesday so five days and also just to make sure that it was working all the time i'd turn the computer off uh, unplug it started it up again yep. do certain tests on it run um, an internet connectivity type uh um, monitoring thing and there's been no issue with it since i got the new modem so i'm yeah. exceedingly happy that well, I'm, I'm back I'm online
2: i'm glad we could get it sorted um Patrick apparently told you that he's going to send me a 20K invoice in the mail.
7: <laughs> he did. I've got, I've got it here on my SMS if you All want right. me to forward well, it to you.
2: Well, I'm going to actually, I might just, uh, just I'm pretty sure I've got him on WhatsApp. We have just got to find him where well, it was a while ago. Here he is, uh, Patrick. Uh, he said to me, Michael's dropout issue is on his fibre to the curb connection has been resolved. Uh, we've got yes. a new modem. We'll check in again over the weekend, but confidence fixed. Michael passed on his thanks. And I said, mate, you rock. I'm just going to text you now. Hi, mate. Um, I've just spoken to Michael, to Michael, who informs me you're sending an invoice. No problems. Let the higher ups know. I'll send an invoice for double uh, for not bagging out your company as much as. I might want to. <laughs> uh, and
7: I wonder, I wonder who's listening to this from the higher ups.
2: <laughs> uh, Patrick, look, Patrick is a top bloke. He has, like, I don't even know what his job is, mate. I'll be honest, but he's in the, he's in the building. That's all that matters. And uh, yep. and he's able to help me. And and let me be clear, um, Patrick's the kind of guy that won't just, like, I just forward an email. He just, forward, he's like, have you got permission to speak to this person? Have you, like. He's following the rules of Optus as well. It's really, really strong what he does and how he does it um, and and managing it through the internal teams. And it's greatly appreciated. I don't refer every call to him because, you know, he'd be overwhelmed. But because also, and that was the reason I could tell from your problem that yours was not a, Trev, you can just fix this by talking to this guy thing. You know, (laughs) a lot of the time it is just, can we do some tests? Can we do this first? Um, And I like to be that triage sometimes for for some companies because, yeah, that's good.
7: Thank you. For, and if it wasn't for the fact that I needed a landline, I would have turfed the Optus them yeah. and got myself a normal Digic modem. All right, but, you
2: opened the the can of worms there. Why do you need a landline?
7: Uh, my mother-in-law, she knows a landline number. She's in aged care, and that's the number she rings.
2: Okay, you're off. I'm that's just going to give you one suggestion, though. Can I give you one suggestion? <laughs> yes. You could you could uh, have your you could have your landline diverted. To the to the to the mobile, it's just worth looking in a year or so at the costs of keeping landline, keeping fixed line versus you know just diverting a call. She's going to call how many times, and you're going to pay for each one of them, but not the end of the world. Anyway, that's just an right.
7: that's that, that's something I hadn't thought of. Thank you very much for that.
2: All right, Michael, enjoy your reliable Optus internet connection. <laughs> thank you to Optus. Thank you to Patrick, and uh, enjoy your fibre to the curb. What speed you're running, mate?
7: Uh, around about fifty to nice. twenty.
2: So, oh, yeah. so you're on the 50 plan you're getting 52. So they've increased the overheads as well.
7: which is Some, Sometimes. I mean, it, it's just, yeah, um, I enjoy using it. Yes, yeah, thank good.
2: you. All right, mate. Good on you. And uh, if you've got a question or a problem, well, like Michael, I'm happy to help. That's what I do. you got a question about technology, get in touch, go to the website, eftm.com. G'day, Jamie. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Um, I want to talk about the main names yep. and how to find them. Ah, what are you after? <laughs> Something specific? Oh, uh, uh, your surname. Obviously, you talked about it a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah, look, it's um, it's a great thing to do. It's weird. I mean, I've got my full name, so I've got treverlong.com and I know the, the Long that has use. So my, my wife uses Long.com.au. So, um... It's, it's just such convenience. And also, it's that separation away from your internet provider, whether it's, you know, Big Pond or whoever, and it's a more professional way to do it. So, here's what I do, mate. I just got a GoDaddy. Look, if, yep. you, if you talk amongst the IT community, most people won't have a great, great feeling about GoDaddy because from a web hosting perspective um, – there's better solutions there's more reliable solutions and there's probably cheaper solutions but in terms of buying domain names it's pretty much the best place to go simple easy and done so i've searched for your surname the bad news is it's gone .com and .com.au so are you is this is this if you got family or what's what's your situation yeah, I'm just thinking of new email addresses for the kids. Yeah. Okay. So, so then what I would do is I would look at it from a. In fact, talk to the kids about it. What might work for, for all of you? Because, for example, uh, your surname uh, with an S on the end. Maybe maybe that'll work. It's it's gone as a .dot com But also remember this: there's a whole stack of different domain names out there. It's not just com and .dot com There are, um, you know, Website, there's .shop. Now, obviously, you don't want to be .shop, but you might find one, and this is what GoDaddy does because they really want you to buy a domain name, right? So they'll list everything possible that, that's available, right? Um, yeah. And they'll, they'll even make suggestions like I'm a, or, I, am your surname, or the, your surname. And that's not a bad one, right? Um, yeah. you, you could be um, Jamie at the your surname. So for example, in my case, Trevor at thelongs.com.au or something like that. I reckon you'll find something. I reckon you'll find something pretty reasonable. Um, in fact, the your surname with an S on the end, because I know your surname is available. Now, what you what you'd pay is you probably pay fifteen, twenty bucks to register it um, for the first year. With the dot you have to do two years at a time. So you're probably gonna yep. end up paying thirty bucks or so. Um and then you need to go through the process of creating an email account that that works with. What do you do for a gig? Who are we listening to on the two-way?
5: Oh, yeah, I'm driving, so you can understand what that's like.
2: (laughs) What do you do for a gig?
5: Uh, I'm an electrician.
2: Rightio. Who's on the two-way, the rest of the crew, or are you just monitoring the roads?
4: No, no, I'm driving between two spots at the moment in outback Queensland.
2: Bloody hell. Rightio. Long way to go. Um... The, the process of actually setting it up as an email is a bit more complicated than just buying it, but GoDaddy's pretty good at setting it up. Google also um, sell domain names, and maybe that's another way to go is just buy them through Google. But to search, to find the name you want, just use GoDaddy. Um, maybe just don't buy it through them if you want to shop around. But if you go to Google Domains, um, they also yep. sell domain names, and they can also help you then set it up as an email address. So, mate, it's a great investment. Um, it's an annual cost. But it's a great way for the kids to have that professional run all the way through their lives. Yeah, that's right. All right, buddy. Good luck and enjoy the drive. Thank you. Thank you, Trevor. Cheers, mate. No worries. Uh, Wherever you are on the road or at home, uh, go to the website, EFTM.com. Let's get going with calls. G'day, Darren.
8: Uh, G'day, Trevor. How are you going?
2: Good, mate. What's happening?
8: Uh oh, mate, um not not terribly much. But uh I cleaned up the garage, mate, found one of those old uh, Commodore sixty fours.
2: Really? I was talking about this, um why was I talking about this on the weekend? Uh on oh, my son's <laughs> we were talking about uh gaming and somehow the Commodore sixty four came up and my oldest, my thirteen year old said, Did they have multiplayer on the Commodore sixty <laughs> four? <laughs> and i can remember i don't know how old you are but i remember in 1998 i was in perth i remember playing i feel like it was called zone microsoft zone was like their way of doing multiplayer you could play chess checkers but also thing like tom clancy's rainbow six would run through this microsoft service to do multiplayer it was like that was when multiplayer really took off but mate i've got a commodore 64 as well what what have how like what have you got like what bits
8: uh look, so this is um this is one of those ones where I've got um a cartridge. I can put a cartridge in it. Yes. But also I've got the cassette player version and I've got about thirty cassettes. 30. And um have you
2: got America's Cup, Arnie's armchair?
8: It is it is America it is the America's Cup version that I have. So the grandparents bought that, mate, just after, you know, like as a Christmas present for the kids. Um, mate, wow. we were stoked when we got it. Do you remember? <laughs> and,
2: and the cassette version, because I've got – so I've got the cassette. I've got the Condor 64, which you can put um, cartridges into. I've got the cassette. I've got two joysticks. I've got two paddles as well. Do you remember paddles? The the paddles. Twist dial, like instead of a stick, they were a dial, and they used them for like Le Mans and stuff.
8: For that's, it, that's, the, yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, that's it.
2: Uh, I, don't, I don't have, but I did have the like the five and a half inch floppy as well. But America's Cup cricket was uh, America's Cup on uh, armchair was the one that got me because you'd, you'd press play and the counter, mm. the three little counters on the on the cassette deck would go over and you and you ended up working out what number was the load. Like it would load at number six seventy three or whatever. And yeah. and I remember it took an hour to load the, the yeah. uh, America's Cup, and then you'd play it for ten minutes and you'd be like, oh, I've had enough now. <laughs> <laughs> what have we done? We've wasted all that time. Have you got an old CRT TV for it?
8: No, no. So that's um, so we wouldn't be able to use it, but I, th- I think I'd be able to rig up something with a monitor I was going to say, like you that. could
2: get um, – uh, Jcar Electronics have a little RCA uh, antenna adapter too. Because remember, Commodore 64, I don't think it even used RCA plugs. I think it used antenna. It would transmit through a frequency and you would tune the TV to a channel. Um, to, to pick up the um the output, but I think you'll find there's some adapters out there like J Car and stuff. Here's my, you know what I did, and it's too late now for you to do this. I'm sorry, but we were living in a townhouse so seven years ago, and the the adjoining townhouse was a lovely old lady called uh, Judy, uh, and you know I'd help her out with the gadgets when she had a problem, and they were switching off analog TV, and she said I've got a TV in my bedroom. How do I replace it? And so, we she bought a new TV, and I had a wall mount. I wall mounted it for her. And she said, "Oh, well, I'll throw this one away." And I said, "Oh, no, you will not." And it's a it's a proper like portable CRT TV. So I've kept yeah. that with the remote, and that's my Commodore sixty four TV now. So happy days! I've got the whole kit ready to go. And the, and someone mate. someone tweeted me and said, "Mate, it's worth like fifteen hundred on eBay." It's not. They're like a hundred bucks. You can get a yeah. Commodore sixty four for a hundred bucks.
8: Yeah, mate, I'm happy to donate it to the Powerhouse Museum. <laughs> yeah. Like. My kid looked at it, and he goes, oh, this would be unreal. How do we set it up? And I said, mate, here's a cassette. So what do you use today, your iPad or his Xbox? And I said, mate, these these games load instantaneously, and you can play as fast and as quick as you want. I said, mate, you turn these on, come back in 20 minutes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's got it Yeah. Uh, what what uh, cartridges have you got?
8: Um, I there's a, there's a car one. Um, I think I actually think it's the, the Le Mans Mate, one. You've got to play um,
2: that for him. He's got to see Le Mans. That, that's that's graphics <laughs> personified.
8: But crazy. I think it's still got Pong or something like that as well, like the tennis game.
2: Yeah! Wow.
8: Pitfall I can't. Too. I can't remember. I think that was an Atari one, but um, it's got a it's got a tennis game where you do use the paddle up and down. I remember. I remember doing that. It's been, mate. It's been a while. I haven't had it out in a long time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, it is nice to travel trip down memory lane. The other thing is, you you uh, you emailed on the weekend when we had the big Telstra outage, and you made a point in your email that. You, you came across, you obviously had the Telstra outage, but you didn't see my my stories until afterwards.
8: But no, that's right.
2: You, you made the point to me, you, you, maybe you should change the DNS anyway. So for people that don't know, Telstra had a massive outage. Uh, if you're a Telstra customer, while it was out, you could actually change the DNS server on your router and it mm. would bypass the problem. So the DNS yes. server is like the address book of the internet. It's the way what it's what converts eftm.com to 172.87.332, whatever. Um, yeah. So... I would, mate. I would absolutely dig into the router and change it to 1.1.1.1 and the secondary 1.0.0.1. Those are hosted by Cloudflare. They do all of the kind of um, content delivery on the internet very fast. And so you might actually get faster response, uh, not not faster internet, but faster response on the internet. It's worth doing and and you get reliability because if Telstra stuff's up again, you sort it.
8: Is that the ping thing because my son talks to me about the ping no, that when I... he sends information away and it comes back
2: The ping the ping is, is more determined on Telstra's net, network and routing um, oh, right. Once, So what happens with a ping is uh, you do, let's say you did ping EFTM.com. What you're doing is it'll go to the DNS server, no matter where it is, and it'll find out what my address is. But from that point, it's just using your local computer to send out a packet of information to my computer mm-hmm. and then back to you, back to out to me, back to you, out to you, back to me. And it's testing how quickly that can occur. Um, the ping time is, is what we refer to as response or latency. And that's what your son's talking about is gaming. You know, how, if if someone hit, pulls the trigger at the same time as him, who gets shot first?
8: Oh, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> how old's your son? Uh, he's 15, mate.
2: Yeah, that's what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. He's talking he about
8: – He wants to change all these settings. He goes, oh, my mate's told me, oh, don't touch my router, buddy. I've got to work from home. <laughs> mate,
2: if you're going to do anything, um, get a Nighthawk uh, router or, or mm-hmm. mesh system from netgear they have uh it's, it's pretty much made for gamers and it does allow them to tinker safely and what you can do is you can essentially cordon off you can say look we've got what speed internet do you pay for mate 50 or 100 uh,
8: it's unlimited whatever it is from on, on sp- my telstra package
2: you're yeah. on nbn yes Do you know you don't know what speed tier you're on though
8: i used to be cable so whatever you're, it was that I was on cable. You're
2: probably on the hundred there, but they, they might only have um, you on the fifty though. But what you can do yeah. is you can say, Look, well, I only want I want twenty percent of my bandwidth to be dedicated to the lounge room T V. Or to the gaming computer for your son, and also mm. in the Nighthawk router system, you can you, your son can say, "I only want to be given servers in within fifty kilometers of my house." So your competitors, so he'll actually be matched with people in his area as well. So once he gets serious, maybe his pocket money should go towards something like that, and uh, and he can he can get what he wants from the network and and keep you happy at the same time.
8: Got to get him off the Xbox to earn some pocket money. Yeah, that's,
2: <laughs> we've all got that problem, mate. We've all got that problem.
8: All right, yeah, mate, good yeah.
2: uh, good to talk. Great trip down memory lane. And, um, mate, hold on to the Commodore 64. Maybe the grandkids will care about it.
8: Yes, yeah, all right. Thanks, Trevor.
2: <laughs> Cheers, buddy. If, you're gonna, if you want to have a chat, just go to the website, EFGM.com EFGM.com. if you've got a tech question, head there and click Ask Trev. Jenny did that. G'day, Jenny. Hi there, Trev. How are you? Yeah, very well. Got your email, but it was it's a bit weird because you typed the email, but you signed yes, it. Yes, I did. But you signed it Malcolm.
4: Yes, because it was from him, because <laughs> he was the one that wanted to ask it, but he asked me to word it for oh. him. <laughs> Where is he now? Where's, where's he gone down to the shop? something? He's at work. Oh, okay. No, he's at work.
2: All right. How, how's things in Victoria, Jenny?
4: Oh, pretty diabolical. I'm mm. just out shopping at the moment, getting some last minute things, mm. so... um, yeah, it's pretty diabolical. The shelves are bare, and it's um, not good. Yeah,
2: what uh, what can I do for
4: you? Okay, Trev. What we we're wanting to do, we've got a fifty-five-inch crystal UHD, is it? Um, yep. yep. Television, um, which we would like to get a soundbar for, but we don't need to raise the roof. Yeah. We're in sort of our late fifties. Uh, and um, we've got a medium-sized lounge dining room that sort of connects to a kitchen, a country-style kitchen. We just need enough sound um, to connect from the TV. The telly volume doesn't seem to be working too well. Yeah. It's only new. And we've also got... We, we wanted to know whether we can hook up to the sound bar the um, record player, the vinyl record player, and a blu-ray DVD mm. um, player, whether that connects to it or not. What um, and so, so the simple
2: thing is the blu-ray player can come through your TV, right? So the blu-ray player goes directly into your TV through HDMI yep. and the sound bar comes out of your TV also using HDMI. So one of your HDMI ports goes to the soundbar. The other one is the input from the Blu-ray player. Have you got a Foxtel box or anything else? Yes, we do have a Foxtel box. So the Foxtel box will be the third one. Most TVs have three three, uh, three HDMI inputs, so so you're all good. Um, Okay. The the issue is that, that record player. So my initial recommendation was just get a really simple JBL two-channel soundbar, $279. It's a small little unit, but it, it's going to completely change your sound, even though it's tiny, and I'm talking it's like 60 centimetres wide, right? Um, right. It sits beautifully in front of the TV. Uh, it's got its own little remote control. Everything, it's got, all good, and it will, it will change sound for you forever. It's beautiful, really, really good to use. But there's no other inputs to it, okay? So that's the challenge. Yep. There's no additional inputs that would allow you to do, say, the – the record player, as you mentioned. Um, Right. You you don't happen to know what outputs the record player has, do you? Uh,
4: No, I wouldn't have any idea. The only thing you're
2: going to get is if that record player has uh, what we call a a 35 mil output, which is like a headphone, Jack, you know, the little plug for the headphone. If it's got an output like that, then if you go to JB Hi-Fi and tell them that you want uh, a soundbar with an auxiliary input, then you will find many that will fit that code. So it's quite possible you can find that. But I think you're better off saying to yourself, you know what, the record player is probably going to be a separate uh, solution later on. We'll find a different way of doing the record player because really keep the soundbar to itself, keep the soundbar to TV sound and, and, and the movies and you only have to spend yep. 270 bucks. Just get the, the JBL two-channel under $300. You, you will love it.
4: Oh, that sounds terrific,
2: Trev. All right. Now, Jenny, have you got Netflix or Stan? What have you got? Um, we've got
4: Netflix, yes.
2: All right. I'm going to email you a subscription to Stan as well, okay? A six month subscription to Stan because you're in lockdown and I, yep. can't, I can't imagine what it's like. So I'm going to make sure. Oh, that thank you've got you, Trevor. Plenty to watch on Stan as well, all right? Oh, thank you so much. My pleasure. Enjoy your shopping. Stay safe and uh, we'll get through it. Okay, thanks, Trev. Good on you. Uh, Jenny and Malcolm down in Victoria. Jenny's at the shops, Malcolm's at work, uh, and we're thinking of everyone in Victoria. And if you are listening in Victoria uh, and you're in lockdown, especially if you've got kids because that, 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 I just I can't imagine that the how it is, um, and you don't have Stan, um, if you're willing to set up a new Stan account, I can give you six months of Stan for free. Just send me an email. I'll send you a code, all right? And uh, I, I think I told the story a few weeks ago. I was doing it. Originally I was just buying vouchers on the internet and it blocked me Stan just stopped me from doing it because I think their their anti fraud processes kicked in and went why would someone want to buy 10 of these in a row um and I said I as a joke I said to Mike Sneesby, the boss of Stan I said sent him a text and said may your system won't let me buy any more and he, he's generously given me a bunch of code so I can I can give you those without any any challenge as long as you live in Victoria and and you need it um I, I could Obviously give them to anyone, but I'm trying to trying to do something something silly, something little. There's nothing else I can do other than wish you all the best. But if you live in Victoria and you've got kids or you're at home alone and you don't have Stan, happy for you to check it out. Just send me an email. I will get you a code, and as I will Jenny right now. Uh, I'm trying very hard, by the way, to uh, separate Uh, your uh, EFTM from uh, Two Bikes Talking Tech so that there's no overlap. Uh, So that's why I'm not talking about tech topics much. I probably am going about it wrong because we record Two Two Bikes Talking Tech later in the week and therefore I don't know what I'm going to do there. There might be things I'm missing. So thinking about that because I'm also interested in your feedback. Um, This was an all-call show and I did that half specifically because I wonder whether that's the kind of show you want or whether you do prefer the interview filtration, or whether you prefer a bit of me chatting about stuff as well in the middle. So I can do anything, um, as long as I've got something to talk about and someone to talk to. So hit me up with your feedback. Uh, Jump on Twitter, at Trevor Long, and yeah, let me know uh, what you think and what's going on and how we're going. Uh, I appreciate your support. um, And just keep supporting EFTM by following us on socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on the same three platforms. You can't find me. You must be blind. I don't know what's going on. It's because it's pretty easy to find. And to anyone blind out there, well, you're legends because you have found me. And I, this, this, you're, you're 10 steps ahead and I know it. Weirdly, what about this? I just got an email literally in my inbox that starts with legally blind and second longest surviving kidney transplant. How did I say the word blind I got an email about something blind? Ah, they're listening. The conspiracy state. Uh, <laughs> did you watch the Four Corners show on 5G? I haven't watched it. I flicked through it to try and find out what the tone of it was, but... There's too many weirdos on it. So, yeah, I'll try and give it my time maybe later tonight and see whether or not there's a way I can understand it. But let me know what you thought of that show as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for letting back again next week.